We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, October 18th, and we'll be taking a look at uh, the first look at the NFL Week Seven slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Give me those thummy thumbs here in the morning. Wake up, wake up, everybody! Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Good morning, to everyone in the chat. Feel free to post your questions, your comments, anything you'd like to talk about. We will answer it. Joined, like it's seemingly every Wednesday, it's Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, or simply Noto. I don't know if you've looked at the Week 7 uh, NFL slate yet, but looks pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah, good morning, everyone. Got my uh, caffeine with me, ready to roll. Uh, and yeah, week seven, man. Pulled it up last night. Did my initial CVR, uh, my rankings for every position. And I was like, oh, man, I found like three guys that I want to play at each position. So yeah, this should be a fun one. And uh, unfortunately, we have a ton of injuries uh, to work through, too. Right. We'll talk about that on today's show. You can see the uh, the NFL schedule in Vegas lines in the in the first look, which is a free article here on Roto-Grinders. So go to rotogrinders.com and check it out. Obviously, we'll have all the premium content this week, uh, like, uh, you know, Noto's uh, core, you know, personnel. You got the, the GPP articles. You got the GPP uh, videos. You got projections. You got ownership. You got uh, lineup HQ. You got the top stacks tool. You got the sim tool, the showdown stuff. The guy, you got so much stuff. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month, or join us in the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Uh, I say it's bleak because we take a look at the first look. Uh, seems like PMR is going to be a, if, if, for, I mean, we'll talk about the kind of the situations to monitor with our initial projections that came out uh, today. I mean, we got 37 and a half total, 30, 41 and a half, 39 and a half, 38 and a half. They're at 41 and a half. And then once you get to the, the the late set of games, the six early, four late, then it kind of comes up. It's like 44 and a half, 42 and a half, 49 and a half, 40, 45 and a half. It projects to be a low scoring week. Uh, obviously on Friday, I'll have a uh, score patrol up and we'll talk about uh, GPP team stacks and game stacks. But we, those injuries situations that we're talking about, I first want to hit on the situation for the Rams. Okay. We saw Kyron Williams. He's going to be out till, you know, possibly like week 11. Uh, we saw with, with 
Williams getting injured. Ronnie Rivers, he's he's also he's also not going to play. Uh, they have a rookie, sixth round rookie Zach Evans, who was the third running back who came in after that. But they have Royce Freeman on the practice squad. Zach Evans is 4K on DraftKings. We currently have him projected for 11 median points. I mean, if we take a look, we have him splitting usage, but getting the bulk over Royce Freeman. Uh, how stick? How how fragile is this situation? Do you do you think that the Rams are more likely or less likely to rely heavily on a rookie than someone like Royce Freeman, who you know doesn't need to even know like much of the playbook? He's just going to kind of run straight forward. Uh, are you comfortable even even at the cheap price of four K playing into what could be a uh, you know double digit owned Zach Evans? Yeah, I'll probably let ownership dictate my exposure to Evans. Um, you mentioned, you know, with uh, Royce Freeman being on the roster, they also have Miles Gaskin. So uh, we could see a time split there. It's not a good matchup against the Steelers. They are at home. We know Sean McVay does like to use <laughs> one running back primarily. You know, that's kind of why they got rid of Akers. So there's a path for Evans, but matchup's bad. We know they want to throw the ball a ton. Um, Stafford's been dropping back a bunch uh, since Cooper Cup has gotten back from injury. And if he's going to be double-digit owned, I'll take my chances, I'll say We have plenty of value on the slate. Well, my attitude when you mentioned that Sean McVay tends to, like, ride with one running back, that makes a very good GPP situation yeah. where they're both 4K. Like, you have Zach Evans at 4K. you got Royce Freeman at 4K that – I mean, if it was the type of thing where it was a complete time split, it's quite possible that neither of them even get there enough at 4K. They both have eight points. And you're like, uh, okay, it's it's doable, but not great. But it's quite possible that one of these guys get 23 touches, right? That Sean McVay just says, you're doing well, stay out there, and, com- and they completely break the slate. The problem is, which one is that going to be? So I could see a situation in GPPs to play some lineups with Evans, play some lineups with Royce Freeman, maybe play some lineups with Miles Gaskin, doing something like that. And if you have a read, feel free to play more one more than the other. Currently, we have Evans with more of a workload than Freeman, but obviously that situation can change. Does this, uh, uh, Defick in the chat says, does this make Cooper Cup look even better? I mean, he looked good no matter what. So, uh, yeah, I think I think he's a strong play regardless, especially we're probably going to have a lot of value at quarterback, probably going to have a lot of value at running back. So, without a lot of studs on the slate, Cooper Cub knows 15 targets most likely. Yeah, I think he's a really strong option. Let's go to another situation. Let's go to Detroit. They're, they're going to Baltimore. Uh, David Montgomery is going to be out. He's out. Jamar Gib- Jameer Gibbs. He's on track to come back. He's been out for the past two weeks. He's 6,300, and obviously he fits a profile that we like, on, especially on DraftKings, full-point PPR. Expected more to catch balls out of the backfield. Detroit playing on the road outdoors, and that may matter a little bit for Jared Goff. Uh, so maybe he sees a little bit more action in the receiving game. 6,300 for Gibbs. You're not getting him, like, it's not, like, cheap cheap or anything but there's also Craig Reynolds there at 4900 and you know when Montgomery went out and Gibbs wasn't available like they didn't mind using Craig Reynolds I mean even as a pass catcher I mean he was catching balls out of the backfield also if Gibbs is in are you more inclined to play him more inclined to play Reynolds or more inclined to just stay away altogether I will have some interest in Gibbs, but man, we, they've already were, limited his workload early in the season. Now he's coming off of an injury, a hamstring injury, no less. So he could easily tweak that. And you mentioned the last time Montgomery was out was in week three. He only had uh, two targets and one reception. They kind of used him as the early down guy. He had 17 carries. Um, and then they used Reynolds a lot as the third down back. So I don't know. I mean, hopefully if Gibbs is out, then it's kind of easy. You just play Reynolds. He would have a, a pretty big workload. 
another spot where it's a tough matchup for the running back. Um, they probably will be trailing in this game against Baltimore. Um, so not a must play for me, but the slate doesn't have as many options as uh, you might like to see um, at running back. Right. Cause it's only a 10 game slate. We have the bye weeks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, another situation we keep on going through the bears. Okay, so uh, Herbert is that? I mean, their their running back room is is a hospital essentially. I mean, like they're they're just meeting in the in the in the the ER in the waiting room. Uh, but Roshan Johnson should probably clear is probably going to clear the uh, concussion protocol that uh, he was out for last week. You saw last week they used like Foreman and Evans fairly equally, right? People suspected maybe Deontay Foreman was going to get a bulk of the work and now they mixed in Darrington Evans plenty with Roshan Johnson coming back. I I'm, I'm going to have the same situation when, when it came to like Detroit and when it comes to uh, the Rams, uh, if Roshan Johnson is in, do you expect Roshan Johnson to be like the bulk guy? Cause I mean, he, I mean, we're talking about, he's like the second or third running back when everyone is healthy. Or do you think that they do you think they keep all three running backs active and it becomes a situation where, yeah, these guys are cheap, 4,600, 4,800 for Foreman. We got Darren and Evans at 4K. Maybe he's the least appealing out of the options. Are you rushing to play Roshan Johnson at 4,600 with the Bears with a 17 implied total, possibly with Justin Fields not playing? I don't know. That may actually be a bump. Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your prognosis on these these Bears running backs? Of all the situations we've talked about so far, I think this one's probably my favorite. Uh, a lot of people around the team have said Roshan Johnson is eventually going to take over as the RB one over Herbert at some point this season. And uh, obviously Herbert's out. Um, he's coming off of a concussion, so it's not like a hamstring injury that he could tweak or anything like that. So um we're kind of expecting johnson to get a bigger workload as the season goes on um deontay foreman much to my dismay did not get the workload that we were hoping for last week and then we had to watch uh badgent sneak in from the one after uh foreman got tackled at the one that was uh that was pretty tilting but yeah i mean i think i think roshan johnson is going to be my favorite if he's out again then i'll have less interest just because it's probably going to be another 50 50 split between foreman and johnson or evans but uh yeah i think roshan's a really good Really good play, good matchup at home. And you mentioned uh, Phil's probably going to be out. That might be good for his uh, workload. Uh, are there any other spots on this slate as far as, like, you know, cheap value that could be not as good as what it seems? Because, I mean, th- I think those are the three main ones. Uh, the injury report, I mean, we currently injury tags don't have many. I mean, I don't think Alec Pierce matters that much for the Colts. Uh, projection-wise, we have Baltimore projecting pretty well. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. It always it always uh, no no. It always worries me when I look at uh, you know I sort by RGV, which is like salary adjusted value, uh, which you can use in the projections. Typically, that means that they're the best, better projected place for their price. But I mean the the disparity between some of these are, is minimal. A point. Uh, Fifty six hundred Ramondre Stevenson as a as a home nine and a half underdog. I mean, it's that type of slate where, I mean, we talked about the 4K guys that are in injury spots. The Buffalo-New England game, Buffalo has a 25 implied total. Are, do you really want to play Patriots? I mean, it just comes down It comes down to Kendrick Bourne looks like a value. He got like nine targets on like one drive. I mean, I know that it's easy. I mean, we have Head Chopper in here with the note here in lineup HQ. It's like, like, yeah, he found the end zone last week. You know, finally, the Patriots score a touchdown. Uh, Buffalo's given up a lot of yards on the ground. How enthused are you to play Ramond- possible Ramondre Stevenson chalk? Yeah, uh, the chalk part doesn't sound great. But uh, week five, we saw a pretty even split between Ezekiel Elliott and Stevenson. And then last week, even though Stevenson got hurt, he ended up, uh, you know, getting a lot more work than Zeke. Zeke did have a long touchdown called back. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be trailing. Um, Stevenson's pretty good pass catching back. And, 
5,600 is a pretty good price point. So he'll be on my list of uh, potential targets, but it's an ugly week. Yeah, you mentioned the RG value right now. Rashad White, Stevenson, Zach Evans, all in the top five. Um, it's pretty bad at running back. Well, one guy that stands out in the top five that's a little bit more expensive. I think uh, the team is going to be fairly popular on a, on a slate with, you know, very low totals is the Seahawks at home with a 26 implied total that for this slate, that is healthy, healthy. I mean, that is, I believe the second highest on the slate. We have Buffalo at 25. We got uh, the chiefs, obviously at 27, which is kind of a little bit low for them. Typically they're playing the chargers, but Seattle 26 implied team total. We got Kenneth Walker at running back at seven K probably are able to afford him on this type of slate with, you know, not much to choose from. I think Geno Smith is going to be a popular choice, maybe even in cash games. I think you're probably playing like Lamar if you pay up or Geno if you pay down. Uh, the wide receiver ownership, If we, I mean, we don't have the ownership uh, currently listed, but Lockett and Metcalf are priced decently, right? Lockett at six days, Metcalf at 6,800. How interested are you in eating? Like, there's a big difference between eating a like Chiefs chalk or Dolphins chalk and stuff like that than Seattle against <sighs> the Cardinals, who haven't looked awful at times. They've actually looked halfway decent. So they have the first few weeks, but uh, the last couple, they've kind of turned into the team that we thought they would be. Um, if you look at their season-long numbers – 31st in total defensive DVOA, bottom four against the pass, bottom four against the run, 29th in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, 30th to running backs, 26th to receivers. So they're basically one of the best matchups possible, Seattle at home. I think it's a really good spot for their whole team. The problem is the ownership. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good spot for Kenneth Walker. And then um, if you want to play the full-on slot, I certainly don't mind it. There are some interesting greenbacks from Arizona um in Marquise Brown or if you want to take a chance on their running back room which is another ugly situation uh maybe Zach Ertz we saw Trey McBride actually get more snaps than Zach Ertz I don't know if you rostered any of uh Ertz but you cannot tell the difference between those two when they're on the field they're 85 and 86 they both run the exact same they look and so you think you're getting a catch from Ertz and then uh we find out when he gets tackled that it's not him it's pretty frustrating well no you could always you could always tell by how long the ball has been in the air, <laughs> right? Because, like, if the ball has been in the air for more than, like, two seconds, which means it's, like, 15 yards down the field, it's, like, that's probably McBride. That's, yeah. The that's ball's been point. in the air for about half a second and it's been three yards. That's probably Zach Ertz. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> uh, the other team that's going to be chalky, like I mentioned before, probably the Ravens. I mean, price-wise, I mean, it's quite, you know, appealing we have in, in in RGV in projection, our initial projections, two of the top like salary adjusted values on the slate. Mark Andrews at tight end, fifty seven hundred. I mean, a lot of people like punting at tight end, but I mean, it's kind of a weak week. Uh, Zay Flowers, fifty seven hundred. We've seen him get you know seven, eight plus targets. Uh, I know the Detroit defense is is isn't bad, but with you know. Playing out golf, playing outdoors, right? That's a that's a whole narrative thing. Uh, the the running back situation for the Lions, they may they they may not, you know, move the ball as well. How interested in you are a lot of these weeks? It's weird. The first six weeks of the season, typically Raven stacks have been contrarian because we've had Tua on the slate. I mean, obviously, we have Josh Allen also on the slate. We've had Hertz on the slate. We've had, we've had value stacks, Joe Burrow or Stafford or something like that. Lamar is seventy six hundred, and pairing him with Andrews and Flowers is, I mean, especially if you're gonna play a guy like Zach Evans or Roshan Johnson in your lineup. I mean, it's doable. I mean, you may not be able to play Cup in this type of lineup, or Keenan Allen, or someone towards the top, Stephon Diggs. Uh. Are you more or less inclined? I mean, these guys are legitimately, I mean, truthfully, all three of them, Lamar, Andrews, and Flowers, are are, are cash viable. 
and typically, you know, I'm not the type of receiver that Zach Fla- Zay Flowers is. Is not, you know, not cash-ish, right? <laughs> a little bit higher variance. Yeah. And then if you're going to pay up for Lamar on a slate where there's going to be like possibly limited scoring, do you think that's advantageous? Because Lamar's the type of quarterback where if he runs the ball for 70, 80 yards and scores with his legs, that there's not many other quarterbacks on this slate that could put up like 35 points at quarterback. Do you think it's a little bit more of a priority on a low scoring slate in general that you kind of want to play one of the only big rushing quarterbacks that we have to roster? Yeah, I generally lean towards the mobile quarterbacks. It's early in the week, but I currently have Lamar ranked number one in my CVR. Uh, you mentioned the rushing upside um, over the last five weeks, 54, 101, 27, 45, and 62 rushing yards. Um, he's not going to throw for the 6,000 that he said uh, in the preseason or whatever it is. Uh, Todd Monken doesn't have this uh, passing offense, you know, clicking like he wanted it to. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good spot. They have a high total. Um, there's very few quarterbacks with the same ceiling as him. And it just seems like all the Ravens are $500 too cheap on DraftKings. Is that just me? Well, the main ones, I mean, I'm not a big fan of playing like OBJ. No, right. Or or even Bateman. I mean, I'd rather take a shot on like someone like Nelson Aguilar possibly, but I think I'd rather just leave it to the main guys like Lamar, Andrews flowers, and I'm done and I'm good. And dude, with Lamar's rushing upside, you don't even have to double stack him. So like, You know, if you want to play a cheap tight end in order to fit in a high, another high end wide receiver, like just playing Lamar plus Flowers. I mean, dude, just playing Lamar. I mean, just naked Lamar is doable on this slate. So, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you. I just want to see what the ownership is going to be like. It's not one of these types of situations like last week where, oh, the Dolphins are very high owned, and I'm like, yeah, they're still not high owned enough because they just score too many damn points. That I still want to roster them at that ownership. I don't, I don't think the Ravens fit into that mold. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the two highest uh, team totals on the slate we didn't mention. We got the second one. Well, the third highest, technically, we mentioned the the Seattle Buffalo. We look at the Buffalo projections. It doesn't look, you know, they have a twenty-five implied team total, which is a little below average for them going into New England. I mean, do you do you real do you think that Allen Diggs? I mean, they're expensive. How how much interest do you have in the Bills? I don't think anyone. I mean, other than maybe Stevenson, I don't think anyone's really like cash viable in this game. But I mean, the Bills could go out and put up thirty plus points. The Patriots don't look very good. But do you think that the pace of this game? Like it relies on Buffalo steamrolling the Patriots because I don't I'm I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick wants Mac Jones to be going through sustained drives <laughs> or anything like that. I think they they want to run that play clock as low as possible to get the least amount of plays in this game to avoid mistakes. So how much interest do you have in the Bills at a twenty five implied team total? I like the Bills. The problem with the Bills is outside of Diggs and Allen, who are you playing that you trust? Um, All their receivers are inconsistent. Maybe Gabe Davis has the ceiling you're looking for in tournaments. The running back room is scary. Latavius Murray actually got the start the other night um, over James Cook, and James Cook just hasn't gotten any goal line work, so that's a concern. Maybe you can play Dawson Knox um, if Dalton Kincaid's out again. I think he's still questionable, but uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to play the bills, it's just going to be Allen and Diggs. pretty simple for me. And then maybe bring it back with uh Bourne or Stevenson, something like that. The other game, the high total is the chiefs. And we talk about the chiefs every week. You're going to play. If you're going to stack with Mahomes, you have to just like take all of the players on the chiefs, put them into a bowl, right? And then just randomly select like two of them and just go, I hope these two people get there. I mean, Rashi Rice has looked better. We have him as the highest projected receiver. Kadarius Tony's 3,800. Valdez Cantling's 3,200. Sky Moore's 3,600. Like these guys are cheap, cheap. Obviously, Kelsey's expensive at 8K. I think Pacheco at 6,100 is going to be quite chalky in the running back position, especially if there's not any definitive type of uh 
projection for, I mean, on like the Zach Evans and the Roshan Johnsons, if there's a lot of like, uh, we're not sure what's going to happen in the, maybe you don't have that value at running back. I could see like Kenny Walker and, and Pacheco be higher owned at the running back position. Are you, are you, I mean, my attitude is, especially on this slate, I think Kansas city is going to be fairly chalky because people are going to just rush towards like, where, where are the teams that are going to score points? But outside of like, outside of Kelsey, who is expensive and probably Pacheco also, like, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, I, th- I think I've always said this season that if you just d- never stack Mahomes and just move on with your life and play other teams, you probably come out of the end of the season profitable, but it's going to be such a low scoring week based on these totals that the chiefs Chargers game is by far the best game environment on the entire slate. That game could score 70 points. The problem is if the game scores 70 points, where the hell do the points go? No, no. You're on mute. You're still on mute or your microphone's dead. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nope. They don't want you to talk about the Chiefs. Noda's going to go fix his microphone. Right, can't give out the secret about the Chiefs. Where's the ball actually going to go? Okay, I think I can hear you now on the other camera. You can hear me now, Noto. He's fixing stuff. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't on me. I don't know if my... Unplugged it, replugged it back in, but uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Just start. Just start. Turn <laughs> it on and off again. Who like cares? The old uh, NES cartridges used to have to blow yes, in yes, them. The, the, the DFS and... spy service has has cut off your microphone because they do not want it, you to tell <laughs> tell the audience the secret about the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you play? Okay, so yeah, my first reaction was play. Play Pacheco and don't worry about anyone else, really. Um, I'm kind of with you, and you don't have to stack Mahomes every week. Um, Kelsey, his career splits against Derwin James when Derwin James has been active for the Chargers have been pretty bad. Now, Kelsey's one of those guys that is always a scary fade, and he has had a very good season, but I'm okay being underweight there. I'm okay being underweight on Mahomes. The best way to move the ball against the Chiefs or against the Chargers has been on the ground. So um, I like that. And then on the other side, Chiefs have been pretty good at covering wide receiver ones this season. We saw him shut down Justin Jefferson. Um, so maybe it's a decent spot to be underweight on Keenan Allen too. Is that, is this too crazy? Just being underweight on this game? No, no, I'm fine with that. I think the most appealing piece in this whole game is Josh Palmer at 4,800. 
And uh, D Fix saying T Swift uh, hatred incoming. Are you not a T Swift? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's going on with that? Kelsey had a good game. She was there, right? It's in Kansas City. I mean, I I've been petitioning Jamino to add an extra column for the you know the the Taylor Swift bump. I don't know where that is in the projections, but uh, but you know I don't know. Is this a is this a is this a Taylor Swift boost? It seems like that if if we we take a look at the trend. I don't think I don't I I think if anything she has more of a negative effect. Uh yeah, I mean he gets uh he gets more screen time. Does that count for fantasy points? Oh, do, oh I don't we don't I don't think we get points for that. Ah, darn. Right. Because if it was more... that, we'd roster that woman from the Chargers from the from the the Chargers game. You know, yeah, the, I, the, I just I saw that they burned the tight end spot because there's nothing else to play at the tight end spot. <laughs> I saw that yesterday, and I I didn't know what it was from, but uh, I guess I missed it. Uh, Deepak says Palmer is showing over twenty percent ownership. Well, I mean, not currently on Roto Grinders. We have not run our initial run of ownership, and or maybe we have, and I have to just uh, reload it. Obviously, ownership's going to be fluid. Through, I mean, I I don't even bother kind of even looking at any type of initial ownership projection this early. Okay, yeah. So if I run it again. Right. Okay. So we could, we could even take a look at what we currently have based on our projections on Wednesday for ownership overall. Yeah. I mentioned Josh Palmer at 4,800. It seems like he's going to be actually, he's going to be the stone cold chalk. He's the highest on player that we have in our projections outside of, you know, quarterback like Alan Smith, Jackson, I get it here. Are you okay? So maybe that's the question. Are you interested in playing Josh Palmer chalk? Oh, well, I was hoping everyone would play Keenan Allen so I could play Josh Palmer. But uh, if that's not going to be the case, then maybe it's uh, Quentin Johnson, Johnson Wee. Uh, how much is he? Yeah, but Quentin Johnson, he didn't even see nothing. He, I had his I had his under, so I, I was I was good. I every, Everyone was touting him. He, he had a three-and-a-half reception prop, a three for, uh, on underdog, and 34-and-a-half. I just went, get at me. Yeah, he's been, he's been pretty bad, so – I don't, I don't other, know. Other chalk, other chalky guys here that I see here that seem to stick out. Uh, Wondell Robinson, thirty-eight hundred against the Commanders. Uh, Doesn't matter who plays quarterback for him. I mean, Daniel Jones versus uh, Tyrod Taylor. The thing about Wondell Robinson is that, like, how how does he kill me? Yeah, like I just, I just feel like, like. If you need value in a cash lineup, I think 3,800 is fine. But, like, if he's going to be, like, 15, 16, 18%, 12%, like, in that range, I just feel as if, like, the last time that he was chalk at 3K, like, I didn't play him in EPP <sighs> yep. lineups. Outside of, like, it was a Dolphins stuff. I played Dolphins Onslaught, you know, like, a whole thing because he was in the game. I mean, I view him the same way as, like, like the, the difference between him and Zach Ertz is that yeah I know Zach Ertz very low a dot right he rarely is going to kill you but he's also at a position that doesn't have much ceiling to begin with so getting a Zach Ertz two catch twelve yard one touchdown game like sure that's that's pretty good at the tight end position but <laughs> at the wide receiver position the opportunity cost is just so high that. How much interest do you even have in the Giants Commanders game to begin with? Uh, I might have some interest in Saquon Barkley just because you know he came back, pretty much played full complement of snaps, looked pretty good uh, in a tough matchup against the Bills. Um, but uh, yeah, you mentioned Wondell. I mean, last week was like the perfect case scenario for him to hit his ceiling. Eight targets, caught all of them, and he ended up with fourteen fantasy points. I mean, it's just it's really hard for him to have a breakout game. Uh, with that low A dot, and he just not a big weapon in the red zone either. Josh Jacobs, 7,400 may also be, uh, you know, on the hot. But if you're going to pay up at running back, I mean, it's hard. I mean, people don't like playing Josh Jacobs. I mean, it's just like the, the fantasy community hates the guy. But you can't deny that his workload is elite. The problem is the Raiders aren't very good, right? Yeah. Right? And we saw the last game. Zamir White was out a little more often than I expected him to be on the field. Do you think Josh Jacobs, they're a three-point road favorite against the Bears? I mean, I play Josh Jacobs way more than I play like the guy, like Noto. 
this is this is my this is my life every week. Okay. I'm gonna plug in Jacobs into some lineups. I'm gonna plug in Joe Mixon into some lineups. It's like Rashad White. I got. I mean, like, like I'm just always David Montgomery is another one, right? It's like you tell me that there's a running back that's gonna touch the ball on average 25 times in a game. Like, I know that when they show the red zone and he runs into the line for three yards, that it just kills me. It just like my brain melts. But like, like from a statistical standpoint, it's like, yeah, if he has an efficient game, it's going to be, it's nuclear because of the amount of touches. How much interest do you have in the Raiders bears game in general? Because at a 37 and a half total, this game could be a shit show. Could be, could also be a great game to stack. I mean, these are two of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, The bears are, 30th in total DVOA, the or sorry, 29th. Uh, the Raiders are 23rd. So, I mean, it could be a decent game to stack if we get some points early. Um, I think Devontae Adams is interesting. A little squeaky wheel narrative there. Josh Jacobs, always interesting, but never a guy that I get right. So, I'll probably have more interest in this game than most on the slate, even though it does have a pretty low total. Um, what did you think about Badgent or – uh, I, I don't really watch much college football, so is he a decent quarterback? Did, like you're talking to me, I don't watch any football. <laughs> yeah, did, okay. he played. Didn't he play for like some Division three team? I mean, like they he didn't even play for a Division one team. So pretty good then. <laughs> do you think? Do you think they're going to let him throw the ball much? I don't know. Um, he looked pretty good last week, but obviously they were down two scores against the Vikings, so can't really uh, can't really put too much stock into that. Um, did have a question from Michael. He's saying, uh, hasn't Washington been cheeks on defense? Love uh, love the word cheeks. That's uh, one of my favorite words to describe something. Um, yeah, they have been pretty bad. Um, bottom five against the pass. And um, they've allowed the, the second most to quarterbacks, the fourth most to fantasy points to wide receivers. So maybe we do need some more Giants in our lives. Well, who do we play on the Giants? I think that's the kind of the problem. The Giants suck. Saquon. Right? But I mean... Yeah, but outside of Saquon, I mean, like, if you're going to say, oh, I'm going to stack, I'm going to go, and I'm going to stack Daniel Jones. Could this be right? the Daniel Jones game, finally? They have an 18.7. They're, they, they're a two-point home underdog, <laughs> and they have, like, five receivers that they that they throw two passes to each if they even get to – even if they complete them. I'm with you. If, if Saquon's going to be, like, 5% owned, I'd much rather – Take it eighty one hundred is he's overpriced, but if they're gonna, if it's possible he touches the ball twenty five plus times, and he may have six receptions, right? He he could, I mean, he could put up thirty points. I mean, if anything, but who do you stack? What are you gonna do, Wandell Robinson, Darren Waller with uh, with Jones? Yeah. Are you gonna do Slate? I mean, like, it just feels like to me that. If uh, if Tyrod starts, he liked uh, Slayton quite a bit in that game. Maybe uh, Slayton's kind of his his go to guy. Would you would you, would you prefer to stack the Giants if Tyrod plays or if Daniel Jones plays? Hmm. I mean, would Jones you probably. Bar- would you prefer Barkley? Okay, you 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 talked about Saquon Barkley because you yeah look at him. Would you, you would prefer? I'm assuming based on the last game, you would much rather have Tyrod at quarterback because he's less he's more i mean tyrod runs the ball also but i think tyrod's much more likely to dump the ball off daniel jones is much more likely to just get sacked sacked and hit hard and he loves taking a good hit um for a one yard gain i don't understand why but uh yeah i'd probably rather have tyrod under there but either way they're just going to give saquon the ball a ton until they get down big which is probably likely in every every game moving forward Right, because I mean, I mean, Michael says that hasn't Washington been cheeks on defense? Have you seen the Giants' offensive line? <laughs> like, does does it does it does it matter? I mean, like, like does yeah. it, well, their secondary is horrible. It's like, yeah, but Daniel Jones only has one point two seconds to even pass the ball to begin with because the offensive line. You might as well you might as well put a bed sheet and that that be the <laughs> offensive line and go just run run through the flag and just you always you have a free run every time. How about Tyrod Taylor checking down to a run at the end of the first half of that game? Oh my Did you see God. that? <laughs> it wasn't confirmed that he checked it down to that, that he audibled well, that. There was, that I, mean, I, think, I know Dable. I mean, some of these NFL coaches are bad, 
But Dayball is not bad enough to call a run play with 14 seconds left and no so timeout. Dayball originally yelled at the coordinator or whatever, and then the coordinator was like, I think he checked down. And so then Dayball went after Tyrod. So I'm pretty sure he checked down. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty I, bad. I, 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 tw- I tweeted it on Sunday. I mean, so, I mean, multiple times. It's like sometimes you see the worst play call in the history of you've ever watched football. And then the following week you find one even worse. Yeah. Right. Clock, man. It just feels like once the two minute warning hits like that, that it just like everyone's brains just start to turn into mush. And you just wonder like, like what, Josh, is going, the, what is going on here? The Josh McDaniels one is probably my favorite. Him saying, Oh, we needed two scores when we were down eight. I thought that. And then he took <laughs> right, the field goal from the, no, no, I find in college football, I I started watching some college football because I'm doing props in college football with our wonderful projections here that you should use. Uh, like, it's like these coaches just don't even know math. <laughs> like, I I mean, just simply, and and the and it's almost like the, and the, com, the broadcasters don't even know math. Like, no yeah. one comments on, the, no, I think there was a game I was watching, the team was down, they just scored a touchdown, and they were down 19 points, right? They no, they they scored a touchdown. Now they're down. They're down uh, 18 points, which means that like, uh, in order to, they just kicked the extra point. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, now you're down 17 points, which is two <laughs> still three scores because yeah. the most you could do is eight points. I mean, like, I'm like. Am I not thinking about this right? Hold on. Let me do the math again. They're down 18 after this touchdown that they just scored. They're going to have to go for two (laughs) at some point, right? Even if they do score other touchdowns, why not go for it here? Because if you miss it, you're still down by, by two touchdowns with, and a field goal. And, and I have the commentary on and no one, like it just happens. It Maybe just happens. Were... They go to commercial, and I'm just sitting there going, going, and it's not early in the game. There's like three minutes to go in the like the third quarter or something. Like you, so you went from going down three scores to being down three scores. What Maybe. is going? On? Maybe they uh, were trying to protect that 17 and a half point spread. You know, <laughs> but but seriously, like why can't? teams just hire somebody specifically for clock management and decisions on whether to go for two. Like it would be so easy. Uh, I mean, take... NFL don't they have, they, they have that. Well then why does, why does this keep happening? Like maybe, maybe because, only some because, because the people in it, 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 it's one of those things. I mean, you've seen the movie Moneyball, right? Yeah. Love right. You movie. see, it's the, it's the nerdy guy at the desk that <laughs> people like, you know, the, the tough old school coaches that are in the front office that, you know, I have 40 years experience like, oh, that who cares about, you know, we have these we we know things better. Look, we had that Lombardi piece. Right. You saw that on Twitter or whatever like that. Analytics doesn't know who's on the field like no analyst literally does know who's on the field. That's the point that is literally when people use the term. It's it seems like so many old school people use the term analytics as if they don't realize what they're talking about is math. <laughs> right it's just simply just count like it's not it's not some fancy well yeah. we ran it through a computer simulation or whatever like that it's like like okay let me give you an example like okay you can't you you uh you hit it you you tie the game with no time on the clock with a touchdown do you kick an extra point or do you go for two and they'd go well obviously we kick the extra point it's like well why do you kick the ex- it's tied 26 26 with no time on the clock in the fourth quarter why do you kick the extra point? It's like, well, because we win the game if we kick the extra point. It's like, how often are you going to miss the extra point? Said like maybe one percent of the time in the NFL because you know they hit almost them. It's like, okay, so what? 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 If you go for two, how often do you get that? It's like, ah, oh, maybe half the time. It's like, so that's the reason why you kick the extra point instead of going for two because you only need one point. Now, let's say you needed two, would you kick the extra point? It's like, well, kicking the extra point means we automatically lose the game. So that's a hundred percent loss probability. It's like, like once yeah. you, once you do it for the decisions that they normally make, they go, you see what you just did there? That's what all the other things are. Also, it's just that that's the ob, like that is the most obvious things. 
And it just blows my mind that it's, I'm more upset, Noto, at the broadcasters than I am at the, the coaches. It's like the coaches, at least they have to live and die by their decisions, right? Yeah. They want to, if they want to punt on fourth and one on, on the opposing 37 for some reason, and everyone makes fun of them on Twitter, like, well, it's their, it's, they're in charge. If they want to screw it up, that's fine. But it's when the broadcasters, when you got the guy in the booth, you know, the 57 year old old coach that's like, no, nah, I like Lee. Put it, put, you got to trust your defense there. Pin him back and have it trust your defense. And I'm like, screw this analytics. It's like, no, I, I, I get more upset at those people. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, Deepak has a question before we get out of here. That had oh. Nothing to do with the NFL. That was Speaking a fun of college football, Do you have thoughts on why most pros lock down quarterbacks in the super flex and almost solely running back in the flex? I don't play college, play college football DFS. <laughs> I do not. I'm assuming I'm assuming that you know it's because it's a super flex format that I mean stacking is the same just like you would do in NFL. So like like let's say in NFL DFS instead of having a flex spot. We had a super flex spot. Like, wouldn't you much rather like, okay, I'm going to play Lamar Jackson, right? With Flowers and Andrews. And then I'm also going to play Geno Smith with Tyler Lockett in my lineup also, right? Like, because I have the, Geno Smith is 6K, right? So instead of playing Pacheco in my flex at 6,100, in my super flex, I play Geno Smith because I get the extra correlation. I get a second stack in my lineup and typically quarterbacks, have higher ranges of outcomes than than running backs. So I'm 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 assuming, right? And yeah, right. Pick says quarterback makes sense. A running back look seems like missing out on wide receiver ceilings. College football is way different, dude. Dude, there are running backs that like they give the ball like 32 times to. And they catch like six balls out of the backfield. I mean, college football is very much uh one team could be much more physically dominating over the other. Right, Noto? Like NFL, it's a little, I mean, even the best team and the worst team are not like that far apart. But in college football, I mean, I see some of these stat lines because I'm doing college football props. And like, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy got uh, got 12 catches for 241 yards and five touchdowns. It's like, like you, you don't yeah. really see that in the NFL. So I think that's we're looking for those types of players in, in the super flex. Yeah, the last time I played college football DFS, Giovanni Bernard was playing college, so a long time ago. I think he was at UNC. I had a great team, I thought, and Bernard had like eight touchdowns or something, and I didn't have him, and I didn't cash. So I was like, oh, I'm done with uh, done with college football. Right. In, in college football, if we saw totals like this, you just close your laptop and say, I ain't playing this late because these are – I mean, like some of these college football totals are like, oh – I get to choose between one of the 68 or 72 and a half total games and maybe not the 42 and a half one, right? NFL, like, like in, in college football, if there's a team total of 39 and a half, you're probably not playing anyone in that game like that. Th- those guys are going to be very low owned, except for maybe some workhorse running back for like, cause these are two teams that probably just power run the ball yeah. often and you do something like that. But you know what I always say, take a look at the projections. Right, we have them here. Click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month of a premium Roto Grinders membership. You get all you get all the tools, you get all the projections, you get all the content, you get all the props and pick them package. Right? If you don't even want to play DFS, you just want to bet on props, on pick them, underdog, prize picks. We got that for you. We got we got college football projections for the two games that are going on tonight. I already have props in. I don't know who any of these people are. But I just take a look at one number and go, that number's lower than that number. I'm going to bet on that number, right? Right. It's 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 not very complicated, and we have a team here that handles all that. NHL, we got two NHL games tonight. I already have I already have uh, NHL props in, right? Look at the projections and go, oh, okay. Undershots on goal on this guy. And Noto, you know what I have to do for NHL? It's only been a weekend. I'm getting better now, Noto. Okay. Uh, the one thing that we don't have. Uh, that that I miss on some of the projection screens is like what team the guy is on. Now, obviously in NFL, if you say like Josh Allen over passing yards, it's like, okay, let me go to the Buffalo Bills props and then go there. So uh, a lot of times for the NHL props, I need to Google the player's Google name, the name. Yeah, just, just to know what team to go to. And yeah. So for two games tonight, it's 
pretty easy because there's only really four. There's only there's only two games that I can click on. But yesterday for eight games, it's just like, okay, what what team, what team is Connor McDavid on, right? And it's like, how do you know? How do you not know one of the best players in the NHL? It's like, cause I I like I haven't I haven't followed NHL since like like Wayne Gretzky played. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, no, no. Yeah, you wanted to add something? No, I was just going to say, if you are playing props, uh, especially on prize picks, I like a lot of the unders for some golf this week. Um, it's going to be really oh, windy. Oh, so what do you like? Really windy the first two days, especially on Friday. And right now, a lot of the birdier betters on prize picks are all set at four or three and a half. So I'm going to be taking some unders there. Anyone in particular? I haven't looked. I just pulled it up uh, before the show started. So, um if, uh, hop in the Discord. Basically, in general, I'll people should look Discord. out that the the weather's concern. The weather this this weekend for the first two rounds is so yeah. that the course may play a stroke or two harder. Yeah, thirty mile per hour winds on Friday. So, and uh, this and is one of those. Uh, into the lines. It's in Japan, so it's locking tomorrow night at seven forty five Eastern. That's a normal time. If golf, if golf locked like that, I wouldn't have to set an alarm to see who withdraws at six in the morning. That's true. Okay, so people could find you at uh, RG underscore Notorious on Twitter. Uh, you're you're occasionally in the, in the Discord, so join us there. Rotogrinders.com slash Discord. You'll have all your pieces out. NBA is coming back. Noto, are you are you looking forward to? You're doing the grind downs. Right, typically. So right? we're not we're not doing the grind down. Uh, I think we're doing it two days a week, and Taylor is going to be doing that. Um, I'm going to be doing the core plays. I'm taking over that for for me and Z. Oh, so it's going to be Noto's core plays. Yeah. You you sound you sound very like. No, I I, 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 I you live up. I mean, mean Meansy has been doing core plays for premium members for ages. Are you are you still are you going to take over the same type of format? that he switched to where he talks about the slate in general, rather than like, here's like the guys, because everything changes in NBA, like from 11, yeah. you write it in 11 in the morning by six o'clock at night. Like you might as well have just thrown it in the trash. Right. Yeah. So I did it two days a week last year. So I'm uh, pretty used to it, but yeah, basically broad slate overview in the morning. And then as the injury news comes out, talk about more plays and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm happy to not be doing the grind down. That thing, uh, that thing has been a grind over the years. So uh, I'm okay seeing it go, seeing it go by. Wasn't well, that the name of the site? Yeah. Right. It, Everything's yeah. a grind. I mean, it, yeah. When in those 14 game slates, writing 500 words on each one is just not fun. Especially the the 206 total jazz game. That yeah. like I don't like anyone here. And then everything you write means nothing two hours later because of injuries. <laughs> Right, so check out the NBA content that will be starting up next week. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Swolecast later today. We got, uh, there's not much going on, right? There's a MLB playoffs, tomorrow's showdown. We got PGA. We got we got soccer coming up, college football. All the content for you. Um, I'll be back, as I always am, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about. In Daily Fantasy, props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs>